Hey, what's up, guys? This is Kelvin and Francis coming back to you again with another episode of Millennial Misadventures. This is our third episode, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about something a little different today. <laughs> uh, normally, this podcast we talk about uh, things in our young adult lives, but today. We're gonna talk about <laughs> Avatar: The Last Airbender. I know, like, <laughs> I know it's probably like the number one show on Netflix, and everyone's like talking about it because it's on Netflix now and it's been available. And you know, it, it it was never like there was never an easy way to watch it before, or like a reliable way to watch it. I don't know if there if there was before. Maybe like there was like episodes here and there on like Hulu and shit like that, but never like all three seasons and not good quality too. But um, I think we want to talk about the show today because, one, it's just a great fucking show (laughs) for many reasons that we're going to talk about. And, um, you know, I think it's a little fun that we just go a little off topic and not talk about the oh so serious issues of the shit that stresses, stresses, stresses us out in our daily lives. So... Francis, how do how do you feel about Avatar? <laughs> oh, I love Avatar so much. Um, so first, let's kind of clear the air and set some 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 situations here. So, to be clear, Kelvin, you and I have both seen the show in its entirety at some point, and we're yes. just now rewatching it. So we've seen all the episodes we know what's going to happen so when we discuss this podcast or this show today on the podcast um there may be some spoilers so if you have never ever watched avatar or if you haven't finished it or if you want everything to be a surprise when you watch it um come back to this episode after you've already watched it um because we may be spoiling some things that you don't want spoiled and you've been forewarned Yes. Also, also, you are doing yourself a disservice by not watching this show. If you love, if you generally love great storytelling and character development, Mm. what are you, what are you you doing? Like, go watch the goddamn show. Mm -hmm. But thank you, Francis. Yes. Well said. Well said. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, let's let let let's. I mean, what what's one thing that you? that you want to discuss about so, this okay. So I think the, the fun thing to talk about is like what character or characters do you identify yourself with the most? Because there's so many different characters in the show and they each bring so many different traits to the table. I just mm. want to like for us to kind of have a moment and talk about who we identify with as the, as characters. Mmm that's that's a very good question it's funny that you say that because i was actually thinking about it when i was like re-watching this show and i'm just like huh I, you know what it is i kind of see like different traits of myself within different characters yeah. but if i had to choose just one character mm-hmm. um hmm, that's a great question. i would have to say sokka honestly <laughs> <laughs> Only, only because like he tries to portray himself and to be this 
big great warrior and like i can kind of but it deep but but he's kind of like he's kind of insecure i'm not well, not necessarily insecure but he's not he just what, hasn't reached his full potential exactly and i can reside with that so much and also when he tries to put on this facade that he's this great warrior <laughs> but also but also um one of the one of the one episode that i really like Sokka in and that i can really relate was episode i think it was like episode four or five when they go when they go to kiyoshi island oh, and him and suki and yes yes and, and then Sokka was kind of just like, oh yeah, I didn't get beat up by a bunch of girls. And then, you know, he gets, he gets, he gets fucked. He gets his ass whipped by one of them. And then <laughs> later on, he, uh, later on, Sokka comes like, oh, I want you to teach me. So I think I can actually relate to that because when there's something that some, when I think I'm good at something, but then someone's better than me in it, you know, I'll, I'll initially be like, oh, fuck out of here. You know, you ain't <laughs> shit. I'll humble myself. I'm like, you know what? Instead of me like resenting this dude or person for being better at this thing than I am, let me try to learn from him. And that's one of the things I liked about the episode was Sokka didn't was just like, well, it wasn't just, well, I mean, he was making excuses at first saying, oh yeah, well, I wasn't paying attention, you know? And I kind of do that too. I try to make excuses for like, losing of like well i lost because i dropped my controller or something <laughs> or but yeah that's what that's probably why i like Sokka so much like he puts on this facade but also Sokka is really smart yeah. like he's low-key really really smart and he's like a great tactician yeah he yeah he, he has great attention like the oh my god like the episode with um when they met jet that, oh. that oh my god! Oh, that and asshole like, kid! Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and it's like it was, and then Katara was all like <laughs> infatuated with this kid, and uh -huh. like, was like the only one, just trying to say, hey, this is a bad guy, and it's just like I reside with that because I, I've, I've always found myself telling certain friends like, yo, this is a bad situation that you're in. We need you need to get yourself out of it, and like I can reside with that. Because I've been that guy to, on both ends of the stick, telling someone like, look, this is a bad situation for you. You need to get out. Mm -hmm. But they're obviously, you know, they're, they're stubborn or emotionally attached to whatever it is, to whatever situation they're in. They're not going to listen until they find out themselves and get hurt. And then they're like, oh, well, you were right all along, Kelvin, Kelvin slash Sokka. So... <laughs> Yeah, but I think Sokka, me, and uh, I wish I could pick more characters because there's, uh, yeah, I, I just wish I could pick more characters because it's it was it was a toss up between Sokka and Zuko, mm. and uh, Zuko has probably the best character development in the in. In, in any animation that I've seen, period. Well, hold on, wait, pause, 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 because that you're about to answer another question that I have, but I I want to give my answer okay. first. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So I I feel kind of the same way where I see a bunch of different parts of myself in all of these different characters. So like narrowing it down to one is really hard. Mm -hmm. And I feel something that makes it difficult is I I feel like I identify with both Aang and Iroh. 
Mm. But I feel like Aang is like the immature version of Iroh. Like they are the same. It's like, like eventually mm. Aang evolves into Iroh. And I'm in like a weird middle evolutionary point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. They both yeah, have because- like a lot of wisdom. They both have like some wit and sarcasm to them which I I think I do um but they also aren't like so detached that they don't have feelings and relationships Mm. which I feel a lot of the like monk-esque type characters generally do have like that aloofness about them yeah yeah Mm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, Aang, Aang. Yeah, Aang. I, I, I like how you compare Aang and Iroh. They both have that old wise mm-hmm. thing going on. Aang because him being a monk, and then Iroh just being yeah. Iroh. <laughs> his experience. Yeah, his experience is amazing. Also, if everyone needs an Uncle Iroh in their life. <laughs> I feel like I need one right now. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, uh, like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just like, like just the characters in this show. And mind you, this is a kid's show on Nickelodeon oh. out of all places. And But it's so uh, good. Tell, yeah. And, and like, let me tell you, the last thing, the, the last place that anywhere people would look for some type of deep, character development and storytelling is through a kid's show right. and and I think that's why it's so good because it's a kid's show because it's so universal and like anybody can get into this show yep. and like also also it's like I think I, 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 I told you this before Francis that it's like an anime but not an anime yeah it has the like cheerful hope hopefulness that anime has without mm-hmm. the like super silly gratuitous campiness thing yeah and and, and the huge boobs yeah the, the huge anime yeah <laughs> the hypersexualization that most animes have i appreciated the um reasonably proportioned sizes of all the characters on the show, male and female. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> there weren't very yeah. many characters that you looked at and you're like, oh, wow, they're hot. You know what I mean? Like, most, most yeah. of the characters just looked like normal people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's really good. And I think, too, like, why this show is so good is just, like, there's so many I'm not gonna say deep rooted symbolism in this. Mm. Well, it depends how it depends how you interpret it. I think you talked I think you told me this before, Francis, where it was based on like um like the like the Chinese like Chinese like Asian colonialism. Yeah. Where Yeah. So the, the four fire- the four nations are <clears throat> basically based on actual Asian nations. So the Fire Nation mm. are the Japanese, the 
Air Nation are the monks from Tibet, and then the yes. Earthbenders are Chinese, and the Waterbenders are the native indigenous people to like Alaska and the the pole. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I I really I really enjoyed what they did with that mm-hmm. because one I would have never expected like them to use like Asian culture in a kid's show on Nickelodeon. Right. <laughs> like, like I wanted I would have expected this to be on like late night tsunami on like Cartoon right. Network or something. But, but it was never it, but it was never like adult at all. Mm-hmm. Like it had like grown up ideas. Yes. But it wasn't like an adult there was no like sex or there was hardly even really any violence. Like it was a very G rated TV show, I think. Yeah, it, it is one. And it's, and it's cool too, because kids, a kid can watch this mm-hmm. and interpret it this way. An adult can watch this and think something completely different. Like for example, Azula is a perfect oh. example. Azula when a kid, or someone who doesn't have much understanding of this can say they look at Azula like, oh no, that girl's evil. But now watching it as like an adult, yep. you just look yeah. at her and just like, yo, Azula's like a depressing character. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. like the most tragic character. And I love that. It was just like, you know, Azula, it, Azula was just one of those characters to me where it's just like, Whoa! First of all, she's super badass. Oh my like, god, yeah. <laughs> she's super badass. But the more you find out about her, the more you pity her. Tragic it is, and like the more you feel bad yeah. for her. And it's like she's she just she all she wanted to do was feel loved and accepted, and she resents her mother for. For, for trying to do that yeah and it's like she has this internal struggle with her and it, it you can see it progressing and like she's slowly losing her insanity even up to like the last couple episodes oh. in like season three and it was just so good and one thing i notice about azula is every time she has visions of her mother she never faces her it's always her back towards yeah. her so it's like symbolically saying like she turned her back on yep. her mother and her love. And it's like, oh my God, this is so fucking good. And it's like, it's like she's so, she's so brainwashed and believing fear is the only way to get your, yep. to, to get what you want. Because that's what, you know, that's what she inherited from her father right. and, you know, her mom left. So, it, it, oh my God, Azula's such a great character. Even, uh, uh, and you can see like the complete transformation like in the end, like one of the best scenes oh. I loved from the season three was when um, Zuko and Azula they finished their, their fight in the finale, which was amazing. Oh. And um, Katara trapped her in the chain thing, and then Azula was just breathing fire, and she then was like hero. She, she was like a wild animal at that point. Yeah, she was wild feral, and then she just broke down crying like a child, like a motherless child uh, who just wanted and it's just like it's just like that's that's who she, that's what she was struggling with the whole time she was yeah. just a child seeking 
that uh, that love and affection from a parent, from a mother, and it's like, oh my god, the show is just so good. Like to see that complete mental breakdown, it was just like, wow, like this is a lot for a kids show, but it's not so graphic that that it's disturbing. That it could have been for. Yeah, that yeah, it's not so tr- it's not so bad that it couldn't be for right. a kids show, and that's and that's like the beauty in this show. It just has so many layers and it attacks so many issues that we can relate with. It's just like I know a lot of people that can probably relate to this who are like internally struggling with mm-hmm. something, and you know it might not be up to like that degree, but you know everyone struggles with that that internal demon that they have inside them, and it's just like you know that's why I say like it. That's why me and you both said, you know, there's certain traits in like other characters that we can see ourselves yep. in, and you know, it's, it's just this show is so fucking brilliant. You know like, what else <laughs> I I really really appreciated about this show in particular, and I'll compare it to Naruto because it's the only one that I can really think of at the moment. Um, yeah, is that in Avatar, you. You don't forget that they're kids. Yes. And it very much is a story about kids kind of dealing with this very heavy burden. Mm. Whereas in Naruto, you were supposed to kind of just forget that they were kids and they would only remind you whenever they could use it as a plot device. But they were never treated as children. They never... Like, they tried to kind of bring up some of the, like, childhood kind of traumas they would have from basically being child soldiers, but they didn't do it in a way that was as believable as the way they did it in Avatar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's very true. And, like, one thing, like, piggybacking from that is just, I, like, one thing I, I, I do appre- appreciate about that, you're just comparing it to Naruto, is... um there's a lot of similarities between Naruto and Sasuke and Aang and Zuko. Yeah. Like, um, Sasuke was chasing, was chasing, um, Itachi to, for revenge, mm-hmm. to restore honor. He think he would restore honor to himself mm-hmm. and, like, his, his family that died by his hands, by pursuing yep. him. Even if it meant losing himself. Same thing with Zuko. He was chasing down the Avatar in pursuit of his father's acceptance um, overall and to try to redeem his honor, even if it meant internally struggling with stuff. And even if he didn't necessarily agree with the methods that his father did. Right. um, That's one thing. That's one one thing I kind of draw from that. Um, But in Avatar, we see Zuko, you know... We, we see him in the beginning chasing the Avatar. And his main reason for chasing him is to restore his honor. Yeah. But what I love about this show is just like in each, you know, in, in, as the episodes progress, you slowly see him questioning. Yeah. You know, questioning the reasons for capturing the Avatar. Like you see him questioning, you know, his father's ways. And he's just like, oh, do I do I really necessarily agree with his, with his methods? methods? And it's like one. It was like one of the. And I knew it was one episode where they showed a flashback of Zuko, and um, his father training uh, him and Azula at the same time. 
and um, Zuko didn't attack with enough aggression and force. And his father looked down upon him because he didn't use that aggression and, and force that he was, he was supposed to. So I think, you know, from a young age, Zuko felt like he needed to use fear, just like Azula used right. fear, to, to get to, to, to be on top. And I, I think I think that's why that's where the mother play comes into play. That's one thing I kind of wish they had mentioned more on this show. Oh, I kind of wish I they would brought love the to see like a six part mini series just about yeah. the mom and like what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I might like pick. I might read like the graphic novel just oh, to see if they even mention that. I would love to. But but yeah, it's like they show Zuko not attacking with as much aggression as Azula and it's like from a young age Zuko always believed that he needed to use fear and power and aggression to get his way and be on top and you know you'll never be a successful prince without you know instilling these methods into you and it kind of tore him up on the inside and you see that and you know even when the you know and Iroh Iroh and then Iroh, you know, Iroh was a big, Iroh was a big um, part of that because I think without Iroh, Zuko would have lost his way. Yeah. Um, Iroh, Iroh's probably like a better dad than like to Zuko way than better. his actual father. Yeah. And then um, I, I really, you know, I really enjoyed um, seeing Zuko progress and seeing him internally struggle with you know what is it what is his path what is it was it all worth it is it all worth it what is it that i should do and that's a really that's a really deep concept for for a kid's show and it's like you know showing kids that it's like we can relate to that even as adults it's just like we can relate to zuko in the idea that you know sometimes we get lost and trying to trying to to please others or trying to get that acceptance and love that we all crave and we're willing to do anything for even if it means losing ourselves and losing our own way and i think that's what that's one thing i appreciate about zuko is you know i can relate to that because i you know there's been certain times in my life where i just feel like i'm kind of losing my way or i find myself trying to trying to do something for another person and and and, it, and i kind of just sit back and i take a step back and i question myself like wow am i am i really gonna do all this just for this person's attention or affection and you know it's just you know it's a really it's a really deep concept mm-hmm. and that's one thing that, it's like one of those things that just one of the many things i appreciate about this show yeah but, yeah. I think so something else that I can kind of appreciate now that I'm older and I'm kind of watching with my adult brain is all of the political undertones to the show because there's a lot um, something that I think is really really interesting is just looking at the way the different nations approach the problem of the earth of the fire kingdom Mm-hmm. And what that says about the attributes of that tribe and what they value. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, for example, 
the Earth Kingdom, they just kind of like built their wall, stood their ground, and denied that there was an issue. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were very stubborn, which is like like a exactly rock. there. It's it's a tri- it's attributed to their style of bending. And then you have the air nomads who didn't have any military because they're pacifists. So, I mean, we un- we understand what happened to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and then you have the water kingdom who they were like, oh, you want to fight? Okay, cool. Let's fight. Let's go. And so they just rounded up all of their war-ready men loaded them into ships and said, alright, go get them and left all of their women and children completely defenseless. So it's like these were all very different ways of dealing with a problem and none of them worked. Mm. Yeah. That's very true. And the only solution is a kid who is able to master all four elements who basically comes up with a win-win-win-win solution for everybody. So, like, in that idea, it's, like, the only way you can, like, achieve, achieve, I guess, is by mastering balance within yourself. Mmm. That's that's a good one. Yeah. That's very good. Very true, too. That is very true. That is very true. <laughs> That's good. We see. We all. We all need to find balance within ourselves. <laughs> so, one thing I always questioned or asked myself is: if we, if you were a bender, what kind of bender would you be, uh, and why? So hard for me, but I'll let you go first. Hmm. It, it is it is very it is very hard to so maybe we don't do, do maybe we don't do like a like a full on I would be this maybe we say like I would be like a percentage okay alright I feel like that makes it a little easier because I think we all have a little of every element in it all right, that makes sense. I th- I think for me, I would be like. <laughs> I think I'd be like, maybe like forty percent fire. Um, and maybe like thirty percent earth. <laughs> and that's seventy percent. That's like seventy yeah. percent right there. And then like I guess the re- the rest would be kind of split between like 15% air, 50% water because I feel like with water bending you have to be, it's very flowy it's very flow and I feel like you have to uh, feel like there's a rhythm and like there there's some type of passiveness yeah. and water bending and I can, I, I myself, I'm not very I'm not very passive <laughs> at all and, and like air bending like I don't consider myself to be that aloof because I feel like there's an aloofness to airbending. Right. Um, but with firebending, I feel like 
I, I feel like I'm aggressive and I feel like, um, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm aggressive in my approach to certain things. And I feel like I'm stubborn and strict and kind of stuck in my ways. That's why I said our 30% earth yeah. ending too. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think, I think that's a nice sum for me. What about you? I think I think I would be pretty evenly split to be honest but I think I would be a little bit more air and a little bit more fire and water and not as much earth Mm, so I might be like 10% earth and then 30, 30, 30. <laughs> 40. Yeah. So I'd be 40 air, 25 water, 25 fire, and then mm. 10 okay. earth. Mm. Okay, okay. I, that's, that seems pretty accurate. That seems pretty accurate. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening to this are probably saying, "Oh, well, I'm like a water bender because they could do blood bending, and you know, that's like the best ability." Ever. So here's an <laughs> issue that I always had with the show. Okay, I feel like. Okay. So to be to be entirely honest, if I did have to pick one particular type of bending, I would probably be an airbender. Um, I feel like I I can align with the beliefs of the monks and I feel okay. like airbending is also like a very pacifist sort of style where you try to find unique ways to handle a situation so I feel mm, like if I did okay. have to pick one I would pick airbending mm. Okay. Um, but one issue that I have with the show is every form of bending seems to have like an elevated version of that element. Or like a subcategory. Yeah, except for air bending. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> because with earth bending you have metal bending, aka think Posh, he's amazing. And if I could if I could yes. pick a, a character to be like, I would want to be like her. Even yes. though I don't think I'm as much like her as I would like to be. But that's the point. Yeah. And then we have blood bending through water bending. And then you have lightning bending from fire bending. What comes after airbending? Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? I think... I think they're... I think it's because... Yeah, I really don't know. <laughs> I, I think they just threw air because, I don't know, because they're so passive. But, like... You can't, they kind that's of some it. bullshit. And, like, I've, I've seen people try to be like, oh, well... <laughs> creating a vacuum is the elevated form of airbending. I'm like, no, it's not. That's just removing air from an area. That's not changing air into something else. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, I kind of see it. I kind of see, I kind of see where you're getting at, where, where you're getting at. And, um, 
And one thing I didn't understand, how do you get lightning from fire? <laughs> I didn't I didn't Well lightning is the that. original form of fire. Hmm. Okay. I guess that makes sense because when a light when lightning hits like exactly. a tree, it's, it's on fire. All right. Okay, all right. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't even think about that. And the yeah. And then metal is essentially like minerals from the yeah. earth. Okay, that makes sense. It just doesn't have the it, all the impurities have been have been taken out. Yeah, yeah, and then what? And then you know our bodies are like what, like mostly water. So I guess blood bending makes sense. Okay, yeah. So in terms of abilities, air bending is subpar compared to like the other ones. But um, to be fair, you can do a lot with air bending that you can't do with other yeah. elements. Yeah, like, like flying. Flying, <laughs> you can swim underwater for a really long time because you can just build and like yeah. bend an air bubble around you indefinitely. That is very you true. You can jump really high. I don't know why you would need to, but <laughs> if you wanted. <laughs> get, to the, get to those shelves that are so high up. Um... I mean, you can but, make shit float. You can, you're basically telekinetic if you're an airbender. I mean, if you're any yeah, bender, yeah. you kind of are, except for maybe firebending. I feel like you can't use fire to bring things to you, because that's just messy. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, that's not <laughs> Um, But I think, um, yeah, airbending is definitely so far. Apart from that, I honestly have like no issues with this show. Right. I think, I think the only, not this is necessarily an issue. This is more of like a gripe. Um, I kind of wish the Fire Lord Ozai had a little more of a. I kind of wish there was more depth to him, because they've been mentioning this character for three fucking seasons and. Well, what it's like that he's the stereotypical that pirate. He, but I feel like it says a lot that of all the characters, he doesn't get redemption. He dies a villain. Yeah. There's That's not true. too many characters that I mean, don't have a moment for redemption. Mm, that's true. Yeah, it's true. I mean, but I, I mean, it, I just, I, I just would have liked to see like some type of depth like maybe like both the generation before him maybe his father was just as strict as he was and it was like a a, 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 a generational thing to be like a complete <laughs> asshole <laughs> like, and then Zuko was the one to break that cycle finally. right um, I also like how um well, let's let's talk about let's talk about Katara. Uh, I love Katara let's, so let's much. Talk a little bit. Let's talk about Katara and why I love her character so. I was much. so Especially I was so nervous that you were going to tell me you didn't like her, and I was going to have to question our friendship for a couple moments. <laughs> we were going to have to take a break, no. cut the commercial, I need some water, <laughs> smoke a cigarette, something. <laughs> no, 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 no. no I, Katara is probably, like, one of the best characters I've seen in, like, an anime. Like, in, in, like I was going to say anime. In this cartoon, that's so weird to say with this show. It's right. It's a cartoon. 
Uh, but Katara, oh, it's just so amazing. I appreciate Katara so much because she's a strong female character without trying to be a strong female Yes. Character, if that makes sense. She's just a good yeah. character. And it's not like, it's like, it's not like super, it's not like super emphasized in the show that, oh, she's a strong character and she's a female. And I'm just like, well, all right. Just like, it doesn't, it doesn't do that with like a lot of shows that you see now. It's just like, no, she's generally a really good character. You know what it is? Like, the writers of the show did a really good job of writing Katara to be a genuinely good person. Exactly. It feels genuine exactly. in the writing and in the voice acting, and so we believe it. Yeah, exactly. There's no forced agenda behind like her her character right. at all, and it's just like writers writers need to take note of this. Seriously, <laughs> it's just like uh, I, I I hate to compare it, but like Captain Marvel. I haven't watched like, it. Let me rephrase that. I will probably okay, never well, watch it. Yes. You are doing yourself a service by not watching that. But it's kind of, I just like to compare it to like Captain Marvel where it was kind of shoved in your face that, oh, she's a strong female character. And they just kept like emphasizing on that fact. Like, yeah, I'm a woman and I'm strong. And I'm just like, all right. But if your whole gimmick is just you just being a female and just strong, like... There's no depth to that. With Katara, on the other hand, she's a teenage girl. She's she's like she's like innocent and shy in the beginning. She's not so sure of herself. I can relate to that. Until Aang showed up and you know, kind of influenced her in a positive way and trying to be and trying to improve herself, improve her bending skills and improve, which in in you know, improved herself yeah. as a person. You know, you compare Katara from season from book one to book three. Uh, it is a huge difference. There is such a huge difference, and one of the main and one of I think one crucial episode for Katara was when she learned bloodbending. Mm. Wait, wait. Um, I'm gonna actually back it up. I think the pivotal moment for Katara was when she took on the Water Master at the Northern Tribe. Because mm. he didn't want to teach her just because yeah. she was a girl. And yes. she that was the first time that we really saw her come out of her shell and start showing her true potential, I think. Yes. But her second true. evolution came about with bloodbending, that's for sure. Yes. Yes. The the water well, the the thing with the water bending master was really good. But the thing with the bloodbending thing was, you know, it showed that sometimes you have to do the things that you don't like in order to get the result that you need. Yeah. And, you know, it, I really like that. And I think that's something something you know it's important for kids to see even though blood blend blood bending is probably like the most pg-13 right. you're gonna get <laughs> um because 
we think about it like how Qatar was always innocent. She always had this. I want to say she kind of had this righteous. A little bit. Yeah, she kind of had a little bit of this righteous. Sir. So for her to practice bloodbending, this this con- considered. I, I like to consider it like a forbidden spell from like right. Harry Potter or something like a dark art. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, you know, it was frowned upon because you know you're manipulating the human body and you're right. controlling them. And then, you know, Katara was going against the old woman. I think her name was Hama, and you know, uh, she wanted to use bloodbending against the Fire Nation people who got rid of her villagers or family or something along right. the lines of that. And Katara could, res- could she can understand that side. And she, but she chose she didn't want to use bloodbending because it's it's considered right. a dark art. And in the end when she fought Hama and she um it it came down to Aang and Sokka potentially about right. to be killed. Um Katara restrained Hama by using bloodbending. And I won't forget what Hama said. It was like, oh, you're a bloodbending. And then you see Katara's face oh. looking down in shame she, because she knew she had a resort to doing right. this in order to save her friends and her brother. And it's like, oh my God, like they, that was so good. And it was just like, it just shows that, you know, sometimes, you know, you might have to do things that you don't want to do to get results. And I think that's really important to show kids that sometimes you got to do dirty work. You got to get down and do shit that you're not going to (laughs) like. And just like, it it was just so good. It was was so good. Well, you know, I I think uh, each character kind of goes through their own version of that. So with Sokka, he hmm. had, he decided, it was his decision. Do I keep trying to fight for the honor of this family that obviously couldn't care less if I was alive or do Mm -hmm. I just try to pursue my own path and stop giving, you know, stop pursuing the avatar. And then Mm. Katara had that choice of the bloodbending. Aang had that choice Mm -hmm. um, whenever he was trying to learn the avatar state and he got to like the last gate to unlock and he had to give up on his earthly attachments and that meant Katara and he just like couldn't do it. And then eventually it came down to it and he's like, like, no, I, I have to. If I'm going to save the world, like I have to do this. And and he was able to give that up. Mm, that's yeah. true. Also, also, also even you, even also with A, you can even say in the beginning, when he ran away from his duties of becoming the avatar mm. initially and got frozen in the iceberg, he ran away. Yeah. Um well, that's something he had to internally deal yeah. with. And, um, I think that was also a good no, a good message in that even if you try to run away from your problems, there are still consequences. Yeah, oh, yeah, a hundred years yeah. of it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I remember like in the what it was like the second or third episode when they went to the air temple and then Aang found that like they killed like everybody yeah. like at his temple and then he had like a just like a. He just exploded and went into like the yeah. avatar state, and then it, it just you know it's just going back to what you said. There are consequence consequences for running away from yeah. your problems, and you know that that was him facing that. It was just like, oh shit, if I would have been here, 
this potentially could have not happened. And, you know, he saw, like, uh, his master's, you know, skeleton there and, like, the Fire Nation. And it's just like, you know, that's a lot for a 12-year-old kid to, like, yeah. grasp. <laughs> um, and... I was just going to say, but I think that's what makes the show so good is that you can watch it as a kid and enjoy it. You can watch it as a teenager, get something completely different out of it and still enjoy it. And then the same thing when you're an adult. And then whenever you have kids, you probably enjoy it to a whole different extent. You know, like it's something that you can keep watching and absorbing in new ways as you grow as a person. Mm. Yes. See, see that right there, that whole thing you just said. That should be the takeaway <laughs> from people to get people to watch this goddamn show because it's that it's good. So good. Go watch it. <laughs> Go watch it. Well, I mean, we mentioned before, like, if you haven't watched it, don't listen to this podcast. So, but if you were listening just to this listen podcast to in hopes that you would hear something to make you want to watch it, I hope we fulfilled that need. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is a it is a great show. It is brilliant. It is better written than oh, a lot of movies and like than most things than we have access to. <laughs> uh, yeah, and for people and for the people out there who are like, well, I don't want to watch a fucking cartoon. Grow up, <laughs> like grow up and watch <laughs> some cartoons. God damn it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Grow up. And watch this goddamn cartoon because let me tell you because let me tell you this I've gotten more life lessons taught to me from this cartoon or other animated series than actual real movies with actual people so in it. actually Kelvin how about if we close it out with a piece of advice that we've learned from Avatar Mm, all right that's that's really that's good that's um good. i can go first if you need a minute uh, okay. yeah, you can go first um so 10 words or less something i learned from avatar is that everyone feels justified in their actions and everyone thinks that they're the hero of their own story um, I learned mm. that from the episode where they're in the library with the big owl and they're trying to get like military mm. information and the owl's like, but you think you're the only ones who have come here thinking that your war is justified. And it's just mm. like, a, you know, you're right. Everyone is the hero of their own story. Like no one looks at themselves as the villain. So keep that in mind that is- when you're dealing with people. That's very true. That's very true. Um, I think one one piece one piece of advice I got from the Avatar is just just with Aang in general um, just trying to find balance in your life. You know, you can't necessarily help the people that you want to help or help anyone for that matter if you don't have the balance within yourself to do so. Um, so I think that's something that I can relate to. I think that's someone, something, you know, a lot, a lot of people can take away from that is just trying to find the balance within yourself, whether it be trying to balance, you know, things in your life, family, friends, finances. I think 
just trying to find your journey and trying to balance yourself it, it, it it's it's way more it, it, it's it's more important than you think and i think ang's journey has like taught me that a lot finding balance that was beautiful fuck <laughs> you see we should, you see you see this is we like, should put like uh like some really like nostalgic music behind that <laughs> i feel like i feel like adding i feel like adding a little yeah or something like in the end of <laughs> like <laughs> like the sad exactly. naruto music whenever exactly. they're doing a sad flashback oh my god yes 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 that's that's one thing we can do but um but from um me and Francis, I think that kind of wraps up our podcast. Um, yeah, just if you if you haven't, please watch Avatar. You know, listen to this pod. If you're listening to this podcast now, recommend it to a friend, and you know, tell you know, tell us like tell us tell us some of the things that that you learned from it. You know how how has it helped you, or if it doesn't help you in general, if it doesn't help you in general, just. And if, it, if like if you don't get anything from it, just just enjoy because it it's just a great show. <laughs> um, is there is there anything you want? Any last words, friends? You want to give them um, to our audience? No. If you're listening, thank you. <laughs> uh, yes. That's kind of all. Like I think I said all. Like yeah. I said what I said. <laughs> all right. All right. Kelvin and Francis are out, and we'll catch you guys next time.